Today's sermon title is Pushing Past Inconvenience. And I want to start a little different today. We are going to start straight in the scriptures. In Luke chapter 5, and this is something I say all the time, we have read this scripture a month ago when we were talking about worship. We're going to reread it today. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through to about 11 or 12. And here's what we're going to look for. Are you ready? We're looking for the big picture. What is this big picture? What is the story? What is the reason this story keeps getting told? What is it about this account that people thought that's important, we should write it down? What is it in this story that we can then look at and find a smaller story within the big story? And so we're looking for the smaller story in the big story. What is a verse, a word, something that speaks to us personally out of the big story, and then we can apply it. This is a third thing. What is my story? What is this story that I can apply to my life. See, lots of people, and so what we're going to do today, we're going to colour in a little bit, not, not literally colour in, but we're going to colour in with our imagination. We're going to take the black and white, and we're going to have a full colour movie played out in our mind. That's going to be real exciting. If you struggle with that, well, we're just going to continue to investigate that and work out how we can do a full colour movie in your imagination, and how you can develop and how you can grow in reading big scripture, smaller story, my story. Is everyone good with that? Okay, pushing past inconvenience, turning to Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen, everyone say the fishermen, okay, had gone gone from them and were washing their nets. There's two boats, the fishermen aren't in the boats, which is really funny. I've read this story hundreds of times, and it was only the other day that I realized the fishermen weren't in their boats. That was interesting. Moving on. They were gone from their boats, and they were washing their nets. Then he, being Jesus, got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered, this is an important part, master... We have toiled all night. Everyone say all night. All night. Let's do that again, but really even all night. You guys are doing great today. I hope you guys are doing well at home doing that as well. They had toiled all night and caught nothing. They'd done nothing. They hadn't caught a single thing. They must have been fishing with me. Okay, moving on. And so Jesus, he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, when I read this, by the way, who reads it like this? You could read two things. I'm going to just bounce around a little bit today. You could read two things. You could think Peter's heard this man speaking. He's enraptured by this man's speech. He can feel the power coming off him. And he says, master, we've toiled all night. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down my net, right? That, that's, who thinks it's that way? It's kind of cool. Like, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. You know, that's a kind of cool way. The other way I like to read it is to kind of just elongate and accentuate different words. And it's like, master, we've toiled all night. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down my net. You know, like it's, it's just not worth the argument. If you say to, I'll let down my net. Now, do you know what? You weren't there and neither was I, so we don't know which one of those is correct. So this is how cool the Bible can be. You can read it with a bit of color. You can think Peter had a revelation of how good Jesus was and let down his net because his word said, let down the net. Or you can think, I am not arguing with you, big fella. I'm just going to put my net back into the water. Your choice. Are we good with that? And then we're going to read on the story. And it says in verse, sorry, 
verse right six. Thank you very much. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. Now, when you are astonished at the amount of fish you caught and you're a fisherman by trade, that's a lot of fish. They were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Big story. Isn't it? It's cool. I love the big story. It's a big picture. It's a really good story. We love it. We go, yes. But let's go down a little bit this morning. So the last time I spoke on this scripture, we said worship is to submit and surrender to what God is calling you to do. It's not just the fact that Peter kneeled down that was worship. It's the fact that he was actually obedient to the word of God that was worship. So worship is more than just a physical outworking of lifting hands or kneeling. Worship is actually being submitted and surrendering to the commands or the will of God in your life. That's what worship looks like. And we talked about how worship brings a blessing. That's cool. I like it. It was a great message. Thank you so much. Everyone can applaud now. Go. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I can't stop it. Anyway. Moving on. But today we're not going to do that, okay? Today we're going to talk about something else. What are we going to talk about? Who took, who took notes? The, the, it was in the title, Pushing Past Inconvenience. We're going to do that one more time. Pushing Past Inconvenience. See, I think in society today, what we have is this mindset that says, I want the blessing of God on my life. Put your hand up if that's you. Put your, like, that's so cool. Put your hand up if you go, I want to be a, used in the mission that God has. I want a calling and a plan and a purpose over my life. I want to feel that my life matters. I want to have it valued. I want to have it validated. I want to know that what I'm doing isn't a waste of time. Put your hand up if that's you as well. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Now, here's where it gets really interesting because that's literally what happened to Peter. Peter had his entire world changed. He had a blessing that was so great it couldn't be contained. He had this incredible blessing that spilled out into the lives of other people. But can we go, we all like that part of the story, but can we go back a little bit to the part where Peter said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. So now we're going to color in a little bit in the edges and we're going to go, I want you to imagine you're Peter. Your job, the way you provide for your family is to go out at night and fish. And you fish, everyone say it, all night. And so all night long you have gone fishing and you come back the next morning and you've pulled your nets out and you've caught nothing. So you're a little discouraged. You're a little despondent. Who's ever felt that? Who's ever felt like, man, what the heck am I doing? What a waste of time that was. Okay, if you've ever been fishing with me, you know, honestly, I had friends that used to go, anyone had friends like this? You know, oh, come fishing with me. I always catch something. Anyone got those friends? Anyone got the friends that go, no, 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 my fishing spot is better than anybody else's fishing spot. And when you come to my fishing spot, guaranteed you're going to catch something. Anyone else ever had? Anyone been the guy that ruins everybody's perfect fishing spot? That is my anointing on life. If you think you have got a great fishing spot, let me give you a heads up. Do not take me. In fact, I'm so common with this now. I just say, no, thank you. You know, would you like to come fishing? No, 
I really wouldn't. Why? Because if you give me a fishing rod, there's an expectation. And when I don't catch anything, which is going to happen, my expectation is dashed. And I'm disappointed and I'm discouraged. Now you can imagine, how would you feel if you depended on that for your financial support? And how would you feel if you depended on that to pay your house and your boat and your mortgage? How would you feel if that was your livelihood and you've done it all night long and you've caught nothing? You're going to go home and your wife's going to say to you, man, you know, what have you done all night? And you're going to go, oh, I went, you know, and what did you, what did you catch and what did you make? And I didn't make anything at all. And, you know, can you imagine, like, the whole conversation? You know, well, why do you keep doing that every night? So this is just not a good feel for him. And he's come home, and he's tired, and he's hungry, and he just wants to go home and go to bed, okay? That's generally what I picture when I'm reading this scripture. And there's this guy, okay? There's this guy, and he's standing on the shore, and he's talking to people, and then the cheeky man goes and gets in the boat. And I'm washing the nets, and I'm cleaning them down, and he goes and gets in the boat, and he says to me, can you push out a little from the shore? Which means what? He's got to gather his nets up that he's just cleaned and go and put them back into the boat. How do we know that? How do we know he gathered his nets up? Because he had nets in the boat when he went out, and his nets weren't in the boat when he was there because he was cleaning his nets. So he had to pick them. And let's be honest, if you're a fisherman on the shores of Galilee and there's a multitude of people, do you want to leave your one thing that can make you money on the shore with everybody else? Maybe when I get back, I won't be there. So he picks up his nets, he puts them in the boat, and Jesus says to him then, can you push out a little bit? Can I ask you a quick question? Is this inconvenient or convenient? It's inconvenient, isn't it? Who's ever read that story and never picked that up? That was me, by the way, a few days ago. It's inconvenient. No one's sitting there after working all night long, coming home tired and hungry and wanting to go to bed and thinks, geez, I hope I get to go back out again with some guy today. No one's doing that. He gets his net, he puts it back in, and then Jesus says to him, push out a little bit. You can push out a little bit. Is that inconvenient or convenient? It's inconvenient. No one wants to do that. Can we just stay here? Just speak to them. It's all, they're there. You're here. Speak. No, push out. All right, push out a little bit. He rose out a little bit. It's not convenient. How long does Jesus speak for? We don't know, do we? Like, let's, that's, that wasn't a trick question. We don't know how long he speaks for. You weren't there, I wasn't there. But let me ask you a question. When you're tired and hungry, how long does five minutes seem? It's like a long time, right? Like, honestly, you know, when your wife says, can we just have a quick chat and you're tired? And it's like, this is not going to be quick, is it? Like, not me, you guys. I have no problems with my wife having a quick chat because you're always quick and I just love it. And, you know, your chats are, and they're always meaning you should get back to the sermon. Is that what you say? Right, moving on. Okay, so five minutes can seem like five hours, can't it? You know, you're sitting there and you're thinking, and we don't know how long he went for, but I'm imagining it wasn't five minutes, by the way. Jesus had lots to say. And the fact that he was going to push out into a boat and go out a little bit, it wasn't like, hey, I'm only going to have to put up with this inconvenience for a couple of seconds. It was like, no, I've got a lot to say. Let's push out. It's like, oh. So he's rowed out and now he's sitting there. And Jesus is, and can I say, and look, I think Jesus would have been a phenomenal communicator because thousands of people turned up to hear him. And I think I'm a pretty good communicator and I don't have thousands of people turning up to hear me. So he was definitely better than me. Who would rather hear Jesus? Thank you very, that was definitely the right answer that time, by the way. In case you weren't sure, like, would I rather hear Pastor Phil or Jesus? Jesus is the answer in the church, all right? Okay. Right, so Jesus is talking and Peter's there and you can sit, see him sitting there, can't you? And he's thinking to himself, man, I don't know if you had a watch or a sundial, like, but you know, he's sitting there and he's thinking, I just, I just, what's he thinking? I just, I just want to go home. I'm hungry, I'm tired, I want to go home. 
And Jesus finishes his preaching and then he says to him, what? Simon, can you push out a little deeper and let down your nets for a catch? And we say that really quick, don't we? I want you to think about this. We say, push out a little deeper and let your nets down for a catch. And it's like, bam, that was easy. It's a little bit like a few years ago, I came up with the idea of turning a tree into a cross out the front. And I said to a couple of guys, hey, can we just cut the chainsaw straight down there and we turn a tree trunk into a cross? It's going to be easy. 12 hours later, there's two guys chainsawing and crowbarring, and I'm thinking, ooh, that was a little harder than I imagined, because what I imagine and then what the reality is can sometimes have a disconnect, and Jesus says to him, I want you to push out a little bit, just push out a little further into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch, and I imagine Peter sitting there going, are you serious? This is not convenient, this is very inconvenient. Why? Because I just want to go home and go to bed. Can't I just paddle back to the shore? But Jesus says, no, 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 go out. And it's two things, by the way. It's number one, I want you to go deeper. So he's got to row out deeper. And then after that, he says, now I want you to take your nets. And what was Peter doing with the nets before? So now I want you to take your clean nets and throw them back in the water and making them dirty again. Like this is not Convenient. I need you to get this this morning. It's really important. We understand that this is not convenient. So Peter throws his net out into the sea and he catches a multitude of fish. He has a blessing and a breakthrough that is so big he cannot contain it. Can I just say to you that perhaps, I'm throwing this out there for a wrestle this morning. You ready? Perhaps the blessing... And the breakthrough that you're really wanting, the blessing and the breakthrough that you're praying for, maybe it's on the other side of inconvenience. Maybe what you're really hoping will happen is actually just on the other side of convenience. Sometimes I think we look at things and we dream for things and we hope for things and we aspire to things and we get to the inconvenient moment and we think that's just too hard. That's just too, you mean, you know what, you know what I really want to do? I really want to be promoted in my company. I really want to go further in my company than anybody else. I want the promotion that everybody else is after that comes with the big fat paycheck. And do you know what the boss is looking for? He's looking for somebody that will come early. But coming early is inconvenient. And then we do this. We go back to God and we're like, God, I just don't understand. Why don't I ever get promoted? Why don't I ever get? Because you don't push past the inconvenience. Do you know what I notice about really good marriages, by the way? Really good marriages do not just happen in a vacuum. Do you know how really good marriages happen? By, by spending time, by paying attention, by listening intently. And do you know what I notice? That sometimes, don't put your hands up, actually just hands on your pockets or on your lap, you know. But sometimes paying attention, being intimately attentive to what your partner is saying when you're tired, when you've worked all day, is sometimes just... You could fill it in there, people. It's okay. It's inconvenient, isn't it? Come on, isn't it? You know, you come home, you've worked all day, and your wife says to you, hey, could you give me a hand with dinner? It's like, are you serious? No? Can't you just get the dinner done, and I'll just sit here and watch TV? It's inconvenient. But if you want your marriage to improve, can I suggest you embrace inconvenience a little bit? Is that good? 
Do you get something out of that? If you want to be promoted, can I suggest you embrace inconvenient a little bit? You know what? Sometimes people go, you know, I just wish I had more money. Here's a hint. I know this is like, but people go like this. You know, what, God, what is God going to do for me? What, what's, what's the application? And, and here's the thing. There is a practical application to the scriptures. The word actually works if you'll read them and look at them. And so people say things like this, you know, I just want to have more money. It's like, cool. Do you know how you get more money? It's really simple. Do you know how you get more money? Spend less. Spend less. Actually, you want to have a fatter bank account, just spend less money. You know the problem about spending less money is? Inconvenient. Why? Because there's pizzas and KFC and McDonald's and takeaway shops and they're just so much more convenient to go and get what you want at the drop of a hat. It's inconvenient to plan out in the morning how to spend, how to save money and cook a whole meal, isn't it? Does it am I speaking to anybody today? Don't point to someone, just think and nod. Because the truth is, I want to say to you this morning, what I want to bring is the blessing is on the other side of inconvenience. I'm going to say that over and over. The blessing is often on the other side of inconvenience. The blessing that you're looking for, the benefit that you want is often on the other side of inconvenience. And the reason we stay stuck in one place is because we won't embrace inconvenience. We want it because we are the microwave generation. We want to have boiling water, bing, done. We don't want to light the stove and boil the kettle. We don't want to fetch the water. How many people have to fetch water for their coffee? How many people turn on a convenient little tap? Are you following me? We are a society that has been conditioned to convenience. And that poses a massive problem in our world. That when something is inconvenient, do you know what we do? Oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know what we do when it's inconvenient? We spiritualize it. So powerful. Ooh, inconvenient, hard. I just feel the Lord telling me that this is no longer for me. You know what? Can I just say, um, Lisa, by the way, and, and I feel like telling you to put your hands up, but some of you there may be embarrassed or not. So we're just not going to do it. I consider Lisa to be a phenomenal singer. I consider Lisa's vocal range to be incredible. I consider Lisa to be very attentive in her worship leading. Can, do you know what Lisa does and has done for over a decade? Goes to singing lessons every week or every fortnight. Do, do you know... Do, Put your hand up if you think that's convenient. Put your hand up if you think when she finishes at Hill School and she goes to Brown's Plains, it's just, it's just so convenient. Like I was, I was going past anyway and I just happened to be there at six o'clock so I thought I'd duck in, do a quick... Convenient or inconvenient? But you, do you know how you get to be a great guitarist? I saw Will, one of our youth guys here the other day and he is shredding it on the guitar. He is a really good guitarist. Do you know what he does a lot of? Practice. Do you know what's not fun? Practice. Do you know what's inconvenient? Practice. Do you know how to get to be a better guitarist? Embrace inconvenience. Can I just stop for a minute? Because you might be sitting there, you're going, look, I don't really have a lot of things to do. I'm blessed. I'm favored. I'm going good with God. I don't really need anything. Can I just say that maybe, you ready? Can we go to another verse this morning? And we're going to go to this verse. It's the same chapter, same passage. But we're going to go down to verse Six and then seven. It says, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. And verse seven says, so they signaled to their partners in other boats to come and help. And they came and filled 
both boats so that they began to sink. Can I suggest to you this morning that perhaps pushing through inconvenience isn't even just about you getting what you want? Perhaps, and this works really well because it is missions month, but perhaps when you push through the things that you think are inconvenient, the blessing that is bestowed isn't just for you. Maybe when we push through convenience and inconvenience and get to the other side, maybe it's so that we can be a blessing for somebody else. I want to point this out to you this morning in my closing moments. Right now, out in kids' ministry, there's a beautiful husband and wife called Sean and Janine. Do you, do you know what? I guarantee they did not spring out of bed this morning and go, oh, convenient. Let's get out there early. Let's set the chairs and the tables up. Let's decide what we're going to do. And let's have a really convenient meeting for kids' ministry. Who feels blessed because their kids are out there being attended to and safe and cared for by blue-carded workers, right? Because somebody else embraced inconvenience, your children are being blessed today. Because somebody else embraced inconvenience, your children... In a moment, we're going to walk out onto the deck. And do you know what I'm noticing when we walk out onto the deck? There's clean chairs and clean tables. That is not because we pray a magic prayer every week and they stay dust-free all week. Do you know how come they're clean? Because we have a service team that got here at 8 o'clock in the morning and they get their hands into water in the middle of summer and in the middle of winter and they get a sponge and a rag and they clean and dry the tables. Do you know what? We get to sit at clean tables because somebody else embraced inconvenience. Can I just give you a couple more? It's just a bit of fun. Do you know right now we're sitting in an auditorium that is fully paid off? We have air conditioning and insurance and comfortable chairs and carpet that is fully paid off because somebody embraced inconvenience in their giving. I want to say to you this morning, church, when we embrace inconvenience, we're not just getting the blessing for ourselves. We're blessing other people. In a moment, this is a twist. Are you ready for one more, please? In a moment, in a couple, at the end of this month, on the 27th of November, we have a carol event on in a community where we, JC family as a church, have an opportunity to bless a community. We have an opportunity to embrace inconvenience and come to carol rehearsals and choir practice every week for the few weeks leading up to it. We have an opportunity to embrace inconvenience and get up at 6.30 in the morning and come and load everything into utes and trailers and cars and take it all over there and set up star pickets and set up bollards and barricades. And every now and again, I have people say this to me, what does this church do for missions and what do we do for outreach? And I think, you, nothing. Lots of other people, heaps. Are you following me for a minute? And sometimes, sometimes it's like, I think the church should be doing this and the church should be doing that. And I just look back sometimes and think, I think you should embrace a little bit of inconvenience and allow God to bless you and allow yourself to be used as a blessing for somebody else. I want to say to you this morning, as we're finishing off, it's missions month. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head for two more seconds. I'm going to paint another quick picture for you. It says, when Jesus Christ left heaven and doned on the flesh of humanity, that wasn't convenient. When he came down and walked as a man and served humanity, that wasn't 
convenient. When he died the death on a cross and paid the price for our sins to be washed away, that wasn't convenient. And he has set an incredible example of embracing inconvenience so as to bless other people. And he wants to bless you today. And it's as simple as receiving the gift that he has extended. And so I want to just encourage you to follow him, to follow his example, to look at how he lived his life embracing inconvenience and take a step of faith and embrace inconvenience. To say, Lord, the way you live life is the most fulfilling, most adventurous, most amazing life ever. And sometimes I feel like my life is lacking power and my life is lacking purpose. And part of the reason is that, Lord, I refuse to embrace inconvenience. But today, Jesus, that's going to change. Today, Lord, that thing you've been speaking to me about, that inconvenient thing that you've been speaking about, Lord, I am going to embrace that. Maybe for you today, it's forgiving somebody who you don't think deserves forgiveness. Can I suggest you embrace that inconvenience? Maybe today you're thinking, I just don't have time to spend time with God. I'm just so busy. Can I just suggest today that maybe if you embraced the inconvenience of stillness, you might actually meet Christ face to face. And I want to just encourage you this morning because I believe God's talking to people here and at home. What's He talking to you about? What's the area of inconvenience that you've been resisting? What's the thing that he's been putting his finger on and you're like, no, Lord, not that. It's too inconvenient. Today, can I suggest you embrace it? In Jesus' name. May the Lord richly bless you. Father God, I pray that you would speak to this, your church, whether they're here in person or at home online. I pray you would speak to them and help them to push past inconvenience. Help them to be blessed and to be a blessing for others. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.